0: 10, 15. Back up field to the 35, to the 40. 45, 50. That's the 50. 35, 40. That's the 30. To the 20. It's a-
1: Hello again, everyone, and welcome to the Old College Try. This is your host, Tim Hyland. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Mike Unger. Mike, I hate to break it to you. It's week seven.
0: Now, do we hear how how we say it every year, but the season goes by so quickly?
1: We do say it every year, but it is the God's (laughs) honest truth. Is it not, Mike?
0: It is, but we're into October, your favorite month, if I am correct.
1: I will say this, though. Um... Not to disparage the weather, but it's not been great fall weather so far. It's, like, way too humid right now, Mike. I want my fall weather. What I fear is we're going to skip fall and go straight to winter.
0: That's what it it seems like based on the forecast (laughs) that I just looked at. It's going to be hot, 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 and then freezing starting this weekend, basically.
1: So, of course, two weeks ago we were in Colorado— Last weekend, you and I, I think you and I both were basically at home for home base weekend of college football. So what mm-hmm. was your weekend, Mike?
0: This weekend, I was on my rooftop ah. watching college football from basically noon till past midnight. Was it lovely? It was, it was glorious. Plus uh, it was fleet week in Baltimore. So there was an air show over, uh, overhead over my neighborhood all day. Because of cloud coverage, the Thunderbirds were canceled on Saturday, but we saw them on Sunday. But it was uh, – so basically we were watching college football. Then every half an hour, a, uh, an F-14, I believe, would zoom right over our heads, uh, make a deafening sound. And then you looked up, said, wow, that's cool. Then you took a sip of beer and looked back at the TV.
1: What was your viewing setup then? Did you have TVs out there, computers? What was going on?
0: Uh, I have a TV. I bring my TV out there. It's like I, I think it's like 30-something inches. Hook it up to the cable. So uh, just one screen. takes some – deft use of the remote control but uh there were a lot of people over too who were not necessarily huge college football fans who i have to say were quite into several of the games that were that were on well they got a great day right yeah there was they were tremendous games it was an interesting week because if you look at like the top four or five really those teams had easy easy games but there were some tremendous games in kind of the middle of the top 25 uh so you started at noon and went all the way through to the end Pretty much, and I saw – this is the one week of the year where probably I can talk about the late-night packed uh, Pac-12 <laughs> game that I saw. We watched Utah put a real hammering on Stanford, and I saw a fair amount of that game. So, yeah, we started at noon with the Red River shootout rivalry, Which showdown, is, uh, whatever the hell you want to call it,
1: it. Is it great every year? It's great every it's, year.
0: It's great every year, but I will, will – uh, I have a little more to say about that when we get to that game. Um, <laughs> Um, It was interesting because the Maryland-Michigan game was delayed, so uh, timing was off on that one. So we kind of clicked back and forth between that one as well. And then we saw the Hoosiers put up their annual tough fight against Ohio State, of course, never to win, but always to cover and, uh, and always to play them hard.
1: So, I mean, I will say it was um, myself. I, I had a kind of free weekend, and I saw most of the games, and it it developed v- very nicely as a very fun college football Saturday it built towards a great end of the day i thought um mm-hmm. overall fantastic mike we'll get into the games in a second first of all some f- quick news items mike stoops former head coach at arizona right
0: correct and brother <laughs> of bob stoops and a million other stoops
1: yeah member of the stoops clan of youngstown ohio of course mike <laughs> um fired as oklahoma's defensive coordinator after their loss to texas this week um I post this as a news item for one reason, not because a coach was fired in the middle of the year, but because Lincoln Riley was handpicked by Bob Stoops to be the new coach Oklahoma after Bob Stoops' amazing run in Oklahoma, and has his blessing, and by all counts has his support, and then Lincoln Riley fires Bob Stoops' brother. Um, To me, this is just a um, glaring example of the fact that when it comes to these coaching careers, No holds barred, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) Your entire career is winning, and whether it means uh, firing the brother of your mentor and friend, so be it. Right, Mike?
0: I think in the very back recesses of his mind, Bob Stoots understands this move because (laughs) anyone who watched uh, Oklahoma's defense against Texas in that rivalry game, it was a wildly entertaining game. But it was a game with 0.0 defense. As long as you like your football without defense, you loved it. I like a little defense, and it was still obviously a a great game to watch. But Oklahoma could not tackle, they could not cover any Texas receivers. They were abysmal. And I think with the quality of Oklahoma's offense, which is world class, Kyler Murray's incredible. Their running back great. It's amazing. It's amazing. Something had to be done. I really, I really think in the back of his mind, Bob Stoops will understand. And big deal, Mike Stoops will now go to Kentucky and coach under Mark Stoops as uh, you know some kind of linebacker coach or something.
1: It's funny when I saw the headline "Mike Stoops fired as Oklahoma's DC," I was like, I couldn't figure. I was like, I was like, wait a minute, Mike Stoops is the coach at Kentucky. <laughs> I, <was> like, <laughs> I,
0: couldn't, I couldn't figure out. There are Stoopses everywhere.
1: <laughs> right. So, and I'm sure Mike's doing just fine. Right. In the end. Yes. Yes. Yes um next news item and I love this uh Maryland players apparently got some jerk booster booted off their private plane last week so this booster um was one of these guys who in the wake of the horrible situation with the player who died last Jordan McNair right um Correct. this guy kind of without saying it kind of blamed McNair for not drinking enough water that was his yes. whole take on the thing and the Maryland players found out this guy wasn't being the flight and they were they told the ad like hey no way and the AD, to his credit, was like, all right, you're off the flight. Good on him, right? Because, my don't God. You, like,
0: I mean, I understand that this happens at all schools, but don't you think it's kind of weird that you can just pay as much money as you want and just fly with the team? It's really odd to me. I mean, I don't know why it's odd. I shouldn't be that naive. It's, but... it's an allegory for life, Mike. He, he told, the, also told the Post, quote, I've been on trips for 20 years. I'll be on trips for another 20 years, hopefully. And this is the part that really gets me. They could have used me. I'm still undefeated when I'm on the sidelines. But I refuse to be selfish. I'll do whatever it takes to support Maryland. If I can support them by not being there, I'll not be there. It's all about the players. It's all about the coaches. It's all about my terps. I you refuse think... to
1: be selfish? Are you serious? Yeah,
0: yeah, that's what he said. And I love it. I love... He, It's almost like he thinks he's an owner of the terps, which he probably kind of is in his own way. But yeah, that was great that they booted him off. Now, I have to say uh he says quote they could have used me yes they could have because maryland played possibly the worst offensive game i've ever seen them play against michigan uh it was really ugly to watch
1: and yet michigan still we don't know if they're that good mike do we
0: No, no i I don't see a lot of skill on their off on the offensive side of the football for michigan i really don't
1: finally this note i want to share because early early in my life when i was Finding that I wanted to be a sports writer, I thought for a living. One of the great stories I read I think it was Tim Layden, right? I think it was Tim Layden. Mike wrote a great, great writer
0: for Sports Illustrated.
1: Amazing story, cover story, not cover story. It was a feature story in Sports Illustrated back in nineteen, god, like ninety-one or whatever, about J- John Gagliardi, the head coach of Saint John's College in the middle of nowhere, Minnesota, right? Who is, if you don't know, listeners, the all-time winningest coach, and will be f- probably forever the all-time winningest coach in college football history 498 wins i believe yeah like, yeah um three or four national titles and while the, the story's like you know a coach wins a bunch of games everywhere is kind of typical what's not typical is the guy the way this guy approached the game decades decades ago starting in 1956 or whatever um he was a proponent of we don't tackle in practice because right like my players will get hurt before the game right? There's Mm -hmm. no captain. Every senior is a captain on my team. You don't call me coach. My name is John, (laughs) right? All this stuff, which is just like, his whole thing was like, you know, a a list of no's like, no, we don't tackle. No, we don't hate each other. No, my name is not coach. It's John. And I think it was just one of these things where he was way, way, way ahead of his time and he succeeded doing it. And I know it's division three. It's a different kind of situation, right? But if this guy could win in his weight class as it were doing things the way that he did them maybe there's a path forward because the game needs a different approach we can't have kids banging heads every day for a year it just doesn't work that way right and this guy figured out how to make it work and his whole his whole idea was right like we don't bang heads in practice all week but then they go out in the game and they're they're ready to play at that point right because they're fresh and ready to go It kind of makes sense, right, Mike?
0: And he did not need a lot of scientific um, evidence to understand that smashing your head against something repeatedly is not good for your brain. By the way, his uh, career record, 489, only 138 losses, 11 ties. What a winning percentage.
1: Right, and one last point in the tackling thing, and look, I, I, I am not a football coach. I have not coached a team. I'm sure it's very complicated. One thing I will say with, like, the idea of, like, contact every day in practice i don't like tackling is not a a skill like playing the violin it's pretty like you understand what it means to tackle somebody you hit them and knock them over so (laughs) do you need to do it every single day mike i don't think so
0: spoken like a true high school kicker (laughs)
1: that's right all right mike moving on week in review ready yep Alabama 65, Arkansas 31. Here for one reason. Mike, this is the most points Bama's giving up, I think, in five years?
0: And, of course, that last touchdown scored with 13 seconds left uh, enabled Arkansas to cover by a half point. It allowed Nick Saban to take his uh, weekly, we're not very good, ridiculous tact after after the game. But watched a fair number, amount of this one, too, because it was a nooner. Alabama's offense... Is just so scary good. We've heard this stat now going around a lot since the um, uh, since Saturday. Tua, 18 touchdown passes this season, 25 incompletions the entire season. He has almost as many touchdown passes as incompletions, and of course uh, we've all heard he has not thrown a single pass in the fourth quarter because Alabama's always up so much. And yet he's unquestionably the Heisman favorite. Uh, and then they have the nerve to bring Jalen Hurts in off the bench and he of course runs it all over the <laughs> Razorbacks it's just watching them on offense is dazzling
1: so at one point me and Jack were watching the seven o'clock games so this this game was a 330 kick or no or noon, noon it was noon. a noon game so we're watching the 330 kicks and a stat that's the stat line came across the bottom of the screen and it said to a 11 of 14 349 yards
0: yeah, I was, yeah. I was so like, he... it? Like,
1: Wait, stop! That mustn't. A... That's impossible. <laughs> no, How you... it
0: was not. He had a <laughs> number <it> <laughs> of 50 fifty-plus yard uh, completions.
1: I mean, they're they're impossibly good. You and I yes. texted like they're they're ninety-nine point what seven percent unbeatable.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, something they would have to do something wrong. Like if they play their best, no one's going to beat them. Is my opinion, uh, they'll have to play a bad game somehow, and then the team they're playing have to play the game of their life it could it could happen but it's kind of fun to watch them right now
1: as i mean we know like things happen over the course of a season right like great teams have bad weeks Mm -hmm. and it sounds naive to say it but like they do seem like a great team times a whole different factor of great team they do I, i can't see them losing who's gonna beat them
0: yeah, uh, they they do they do seem that way. And yet, they have not covered for three straight games, failed to cover. <laughs> very interesting. Uh, Ohio State
1: 49, Indiana 26. I was sitting here, I watched part of this game with uh lovely Aaron Mike. And she was watching the game and she was like, "Indiana looks pretty tough." I was like, "They yes, do.
0: They are." Indiana played very well. This game went exactly according to script. <laughs> Ohio State, of course, with the post Penn State whiteout hangover, the inexplicable um Way that Indiana always plays the Buckeyes tough. Uh, Indiana can throw on Ohio State for whatever reason. And Peyton Ramsey looked very good. He had a lot of nice completions. We looked pretty good on offense. And then of course, just talent and Dwayne Haskins took over in the uh, in the fourth quarter. It was attrition good. at the end. It was just attrition. It was. It was good right. showing by IU. But Haskins, he's just a notch below Tua. I mean, five touchdown passes. I think he has three games now with five touchdown passes, right. and he would. He would be right up there and talk for the Heisman if Tua wasn't doing what Tua does.
1: So the game was on BTN, I believe, and at one point I love this comment. They were talking about how, how Indiana is playing. Like the, the the sideline reporter was like, "Look, I'm down the sidelines here. Indiana is not physically in the same level as Ohio State, but as far as toughness, they are hanging in there. They're they're not backing down." And he said, "Because Tom Allen's a former wrestler, Mike, as you know." That's
0: <laughs> it was. It was actually on regular Fox. It was a doubleheader. It came right <laughs> came right after the. Uh, uh, Texas and o- Texas, Oklahoma game but that is quite a Midwestern comment
1: yes how about Florida 27 LSU 19 Mike all of a sudden Dan Mellon what two weeks ago was the end of the world for Florida right now it's like yeah. oh it's well
0: it, it's funny how quickly that things can change in college football isn't it their defense looks great the crowd was going bonkers what a way for the 330 window to end with that pick six from Florida right. and uh, and the, the entire uh, Ben Hill Stadium there exploding um, I was wrong, Tim. Of course, I had LSU as my lock. Uh, my locks are 0-6, so you certainly don't need me to say uh, that I was wrong. I have a record that just screams I was wrong about everything, but uh, <laughs> Florida was, was the better team. They outplayed LSU in this game, and they're uh, they're not quite as bad as I thought they were.
1: Mike, here is one that causes concern for the entire college football world. Notre Dame, 45, bottech yes. <laughs> 23. Now, I'll say this. The first half... I thought Vatek played great. The Vatek build-up to that game was unbelievable. That was a phenomenal, just amazing scene. I even kind of liked the Metallica on the <laughs> on the uh, big video screen. Mm-hmm. Talking to the fans was kind of fun. Because I, I, I enjoyed that whole build-up. Um, but the cameras filed them from the locker room all the way through the tunnel, which is fantastic. And Vatek, for a half, played great football. Notre Dame, by... I mean, I'm looking at them like as a team. I'm not saying they're a top five talent team, but through six weeks, I mean, they're in. They're definitely in the hunt. And if they go undefeated, they're in. No yeah, question about
0: it. No doubt about it. They're a different team since Book took over at quarterback. They're right. just they're dynamic on offense. They got that running back back uh, as well. Williams, right? I think is his name. And uh, this game unfolded like so many do between top 25 or maybe like a, a top 25 team and a top 10 team. And yes. that you'll yep. get two and a half to three very close, hard fought quarters. But in the fourth quarter, the team with more talent and really the superior team emerges. And, and that's what happened here. And yes, I agree. I would love to go to a game in Blacksburg. It looks like a lot of fun,
1: but it's funny. The comment you just made about like a top 25 team versus top 10 team. I was not convinced until this game that Notre Dame was a top 10 team. Yeah. But they look good. They look yeah, really good. They did. Uh, Texas 48, Oklahoma 45. Now, my, my favorite part of this game was at the very end of the game. I will say again, and I was telling folks I, I saw on Saturday that you, you've been there once or twice? Once, Mike? Just once, yeah. Okay. And you said it was like you would go back again, no question. Absolutely.
0: It was incredible.
1: And I heard so many guys. Uh,
0: uh, Mark Packer. on our, That, was, that was his first trip.
1: And he said he was blown away by it. He couldn't believe it. Um, and everything you said, like – Besides, like the stadium split in half, right? The whole spirit behind the thing, but the fact that it's like a football game dropped in the middle of the Texas State Fair, which is like there's nothing else like that, right? He was blown away by it, and the game almost every year is absolutely phenomenal. And this year, once again, Kyler Murray is unbelievable player. Played, I mean, I, I, the kid is fast. He's got a, he's a gun for an arm. Um, but Texas, to their credit played a phenomenal game and to me when you have on the final kick of the game with what, what, like what a huge game a a tr- my understanding a true freshman snapper holder and kicker to win the game
0: and a 40 yarder too
1: that's unbelievable
0: yeah like, that that was outstanding execution by texas and you could see in the post game press conference tom herman was close to tears cuz right. that was a that is a program changing win for texas oh that
1: and that made him millions of dollars too
0: <laughs> well, that's probably why he was crying.
1: <laughs> I mean, because he's bought himself two more years in the end of his contract. I mean, there's absolutely no question about it. He needed that. Um, and again, that, that, that loss, as great as it was for him, that one loss, that kick they made, cost Mike Stoops his job. That's how big the it, game was.
0: It did, but I do not think in any uh, stretch way, stretch, or fo- in any form, uh, Oklahoma is out of the race, especially no. with the way the Big 12 does their their uh their postseason, their their conference championship game. Oklahoma could easily Texas could stumble. I could I mean would you be surprised if Texas stumbles here down the road? West Virginia's a factor. Maybe Oklahoma's defense gets a lot better. Right. Um with with um Ruffin McNeil now coordinating it. A lot of football left to be played in the Big Twelve, but let's just not even look forward to that and just enjoy what Saturday was. Again, asterisk terrible defense played on both sides.
1: Right. And I'll give you here 30 seconds, Mike, again, make your plea for people to see this game because you've been so impassioned about saying what an amazing scene it is. Just say it again, it, it must be just a, an unbelievable scene.
0: It is. When you see people streaming in half and half, uh, there are a couple things. One, I always I love that it's at noon. A lot of times we don't advocate for a noon game, Tim, yeah. but it's perfect that it's at noon here because – while there, there, there is some tailgating. It's it, of course a, a a unique pregame experience. Most people are kind of walking around the fair, and so you kind of make your way in uh, right at noon. The weather always seems to be ideal. It always seems to be bright sunshine and a nice a nice heat. Of course, you've got pig racing at the Texas State Fair. You've got all the fried <laughs> foods, which I think are, are massively overrated. But um, and then the Cotton Bowl. It's it's so cool being in a stadium that old. Uh, like the Cotton Bowl and thinking about all the history that's that's uh, that's uh, unfurled there. Uh, go there if you can. That's my advice.
1: Mississippi State twenty-three, Auburn eight. Speaking of huge wins for Joe Moorhead, that's a big one, Mike. And uh, Auburn, what's up with them?
0: When are they going to pull the trigger with uh, and, and get rid of Gus Malzahn? I'm not saying they should, but who they? But I'm I'm just saying he seems to be on the hot seat every year and. Yeah. Auburn is just – they're in this no-man's land where they're just – they can't really compete with uh, with the top teams in the SEC, but their fans really want them to. I don't know who they could get who would, uh, you know, take them up to the heights of the Georgias and the Alabamas, but it just seems – Malzahn seems so tortured in his co- comments after each game. I feel kind of sorry for him.
1: A&M 20, Kentucky 14. Me and Jack watched this game – to me, like, heartbreaker for Kentucky. I thought they deserved to win this game. Um, we said last week, Kentucky said this great. They started 5-0, and which is, like, mind-blowing for Kentucky. They needed that. Um, but it's been a series of, like, week to week to week. There's no easy game. And you go to A&M, and they played great. They really played great. Not was, on
0: offense. They didn't have the ball in Texas A&M for the field the entire game. But
1: in the end, they really had a chance to win, and I thought they deserved they did. to win. And I – it was kind of a mixed point 2.0 when they didn't give the ball to what's his name. I'm blanking on his name, Mike. Uh, S- Snell. But Snell the, the game on the line, why not put the ball in that guy's hands?
0: That was terrible. That, that was a, that was a coach out thanking themselves again, just yeah. like in the pen. It was, there's was a very good comparison to Penn state. Um, But also what an incredible run by Travion Williams, by Texas, a- on yeah. Texas A&M to, to win it in the walk-off run. That was determination. That was a, that was a tough, hard-nosed run. No one was going to stop him from getting out of the, uh, getting into the end zone. And seeing that footage after having been to Kyle Field um, earlier this season, I can imagine the scene there on a walk-off overtime win.
1: This one, I, did anyone call this Utah 40, Stanford 21, Mike?
0: Uh, no, but it, it, it's one of those that in, in hindsight, is not that surprising. <laughs> I think Stanford's just not as good as, as we thought they were. Yeah. They, of course they had no Bryce love in this game as well, but he doesn't play defense. And, uh, uh, uh Kyle Winningham, he, he had one to two of these kind of wins every year, doesn't he? Yeah,
1: he really does. Right. Yep. Uh,
0: how about Miami 28, Florida state
1: 27, another great game. Fantastic to the end. Um, I, would, I think college football is better when this is a real rivalry, right? And I think we're getting close to that once again. Um, Florida State this year is crap, but they did show up
0: for this game. They really they did. did. Yeah. They did, and they showed up, and then they uh, blew up because they absolutely handed it to Miami. But uh, the turnover chain was big, right? They got some huge turnovers. <laughs> uh, after the game, Mark Rick said this was – one of if not his most satisfying win of his entire coaching career and uh, you know coaches say that kind of thing but he really took a, he seemed to have take a long time to think back to his wins at, at Georgia some of the big ones at Georgia and he said this was as big as any win he's ever had
1: it's, it's spoken from a true Miami person beating Florida yeah. State like that yeah. goes back a long way right exactly how about Northwestern 29 and Michigan State 19 now the is it is there a more Northwestern win than this win?
0: No. And is there a more Sparty loss than this loss? <laughs> this is just not a good year for Sparty. i you you had that feeling when they lost the Arizona State game, right? Right. And it's they're not they're not they're not bouncing back from losing to Northwestern. And but and see Arizona. now
1: as a as a Penn State fan, I'm scared. We play them next week, so I'm thinking mm-hmm. like, oh, we might get like the real Sparty next week.
0: Like. Well, but you, Penn State's coming off a bye. I think yeah. that helps a lot.
1: Mike. The Colorado Buffaloes, twenty-eight. Arizona State, twenty-one. We saw the Buffs,
0: and I don't think we had
1: any idea that they were good.
0: They're good. Uh, we we knew they were undefeated, and we knew that the teams that they had beaten had a total of a one win, I believe. Yeah. Um, but yes, they are good. They have a very, very good offense, and they got you, Tim, a lock of the week win. And those are very few and far between on this podcast this year. I got a win. Yeah, you picked Colorado <laughs> minus the two. Congratulations. I can see you were riveted.
1: <laughs> and I'm now, what, two and what for the year?
0: You're two and four, and you have two more wins than me.
1: You're 0 and six, huh, Mike?
0: I'm 0 and six. It's I'd say it's getting embarrassing, but it's already been embarrassing. It's past that. Well past that.
1: <laughs> Very nice. All right. Uh, Mike, top 25. You ready? Quickly. It's
0: almost time for us. Wait, when does the first real ranking come out? Uh it's in a few weeks, right? I mean, it's uh isn't it like late September? I mean, late October, that's what I meant. It's already mid-October, Mike. I know. Time is flying. All right. Night. Ready?
1: Yep. We'll do the AP. I'll go in in uh, numbers of 5. 25 Cincinnati, 24 Mississippi State, 23 South Florida, 22 A&M, 21 Auburn. Any thoughts? Auburn,
0: a- Auburn all the way down to 21. Wow. And props to two undefeated uh Group of five teams in there, South Florida Bulls and Cincinnati Bearcats, both undefeated. Mike,
1: name they're the obvious undefeated, you know, power five teams. Name the two who are not obvious. They're the next two in the list. Uh well,
0: UCF is undefeated, right? I mean, they're they're, 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 group, they're way higher, though. Group of five. Group of five. Yeah. Oh, you're saying power five. Right. Oh, uh well, Colorado's undefeated, That's still. one at the nineteen. And who else in the power five is undefeated? You would never guess. More NC state. NC state.
1: Number 20, Mike.
0: Interesting. We picked our Clemson weekend. A long, long time ago. We picked NC state based on the date of the game, October 20th. Only um, thought it was going to be, you know, that's beautiful time down in South Carolina, beautiful time everywhere. pretty much everywhere in our fair country. Uh, but we we didn't have any idea that it would be a quote-unquote big game. It could be two undefeated teams playing, in a, playing for a, a UJCC game. 18, Kentucky. I still like Kentucky a lot. You knew they weren't going to go undefeated. I mean, this was a tough game. They were ranked so much higher than Texas A&M, which means nothing, but A&M was still favored over them. Predictable loss, but I'm still rooting for the Cats.
1: 17, Oregon.
0: Yeah. Eight. Uh, 16, Miami. Uh, Miami, what a win for them. Right. What a win. Great win.
1: 15, Wisconsin. They're, they're hanging there.
0: Yeah, they're hanging there. Uh, Wisconsin-Michigan coming up this week. That's basically like an elimination game. It's a huge
1: game for both. That's like the entire
0: year for those teams, right? Exactly, and yeah. their fan bases are checking out. of it. Whoever loses that game.
1: <laughs> 14, Florida.
0: Yeah. There's some good things happening in Gainesville, I would say. When you watched – I only got to see a little bit of the LSU game – But it felt different. Just watching it, it felt different, the atmosphere down there in Gainesville.
1: 12, Michigan.
0: I can't. eh, still think they're overrated. Uh, 11, Oklahoma. It'll be very interesting to see how Oklahoma progresses the rest of this season because their offense is sickeningly good. 10, UCF. Love the Knights. Who are they ever going to play, though? The 10 is pretty much like their ceiling, right? Right. Uh, I guess if a few teams could lose in front of them, they might might peak at 8 or something like that. 9, Texas wow texas in the top 10 the texas is back uh, storylines lost to maryland top 10 i know that's very funny especially watching the way maryland played michigan uh on saturday eight penn state they won the bye week
1: right tim three spots mike (laughs) uh seven
0: washington uh struggled to beat ucla right, right. uh right. one only by we saw them points.
1: we saw them live not the best team in the world of mine.
0: yeah that's right big game <laughs> washington and oregon this weekend six west virginia by god west virginia now i heard in watching their highlights against kansas do you know kansas i believe leads college football in takeaways on defense they they have a very good defense pretty really? impressive and they had three against will greer uh they played them pretty tough so pr- kudos to kansas Five, Notre Dame. Yeah, they looked They looked awesome. And
1: I'll say, all right, then we have the um, – we have three Clemson – four Clemson, I'm sorry, and then we have the three teams that are like just different level, and I think it's still Buckeyes, Bulldogs, Bama, right? That's it?
0: Yep, and I, I don't know. Clemson, 63-3 to with a healthy Trevor Lawrence, they looked pretty good too. Now, obviously – uh, Wake Forest, not a good team. I think we've that's been determined, but it was a it was an impressive looking win, at least for Clemson. Do you want to hear who received
1: votes, Mike?
0: Yeah, that's my favorite part of this little segment. Iowa. Ah, I can't believe Iowa's out of the top twenty-five. They usually hang in hang in there at like twenty-two to twenty-three, no matter what. Happy State's still there. How about Happy State is playing as we speak. Uh, I was record this on Tuesday night.
1: Really. Um,
0: how about this? Back to back, nine votes and four votes. Utah State and then Utah. Is that great? Wow, that would be <laughs> that is that is pretty good. Utah State and Utah. By the way, Tim, a team we saw that did not look very good on our trip. Air Force. Yeah, <sighs> they put a thirty-five-seven pounding on Navy. I'm not sure what's wrong with the Middies this year, but uh, Coach T- Ken Niamatololo, I felt like saying that since you kind of uh, showed off by saying too his last name right earlier in this uh, in the show. He'll have to. He'll have to get these boys fixed. Mike, the games
1: of the week. Are you ready? I'm ready. I, so, my, at my first glance, I'm not blown away by the schedule
0: this week. Are you? I, I believe you said that last week too. No, no. I, the, last week is a little bit more enticing, which is good though, because I have uh, some stuff I have to do on uh, this Saturday, Saturday night. I'll be able to watch Indiana Iowa in its entirety at noon, but that's pretty much it.
1: So the first two, I think, are just probably the best two. So we'll start with Rutgers at Maryland, noon, Mike, <laughs> BTN. So, again, I, I, my favorite question for you. For a Rutgers-Maryland game, give me the over-under on the attendance. And a noon yep. kick.
0: A noon kick, and uh, I believe they're calling for some rain, uh, like Hurricane <laughs> Michael remnants. Now, it's not going to really hit us, but it's we're going to get rain from it. Ooh, that's going to be – that could be mid-20s. Mid twenties. I'm thinking seventeen. Eh, we'll see. It's a short drive for the Rutgers faithful, who you keep thinking someone should write a book about. Uh, there's a this is a kind of a staggering line. Maryland by twenty five and a half. What? Yes. <laughs> that, a, some w- w- there's money being laid somewhere by someone shady. That's impossible. Impossible. Mar- Maryland. Now, granted, Michigan has a good defense, but Maryland could do absolutely nothing. <laughs> they can't throw the ball. Hmm. Gotta like the Knights in that one. Wait, is that your pick? No. I might take that one.
1: bell 25?
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. It's <laughs> ridiculous. That really does seem high.
1: <laughs> the next game, Iowa at Indiana. This one, to me. That's
0: going to be a good game.
1: What's the line here, Mike?
0: Uh, Hawkeyes by five. Who Indiana is? upset Iowa in Bloomington. Uh, I want to say... It's either two or four years ago, and they always seem to play Iowa well in Bloomington. And I think that this is a pretty decent Indiana team. And it's a very good Iowa team, but it's the same kind of good Iowa team that Iowa always is, which is that they don't have the kind of talent that the top-notch teams in the Big Ten do. So they're they're ripe for the picking for a team like the Hoosiers. I'm very excited for this game. I think Indiana can pull the upset.
1: Level of confidence, Mike.
0: Yeah, well, I mean— four and a half that's pretty high for indiana though. what's
1: what's like what's your pre-game plan for this game though I mean, for again i'm not trying to uh project here mike but like if i was you in your shoes your indiana teams look pretty good right and like yep. this is a very winnable game so i'd feel like oh excited about like the possibility to get a win here it's a noon kick do you go to the bar at like 10 30 get ready to go what's your plan
0: no i'm gonna be watching this game from home actually i home. need i need Yes, I, I, need, I know. It's very disappointing to you and the, <laughs> the listeners. Um, I need to watch a full Indiana game with no distractions. Uh, I've, I've been able to do that a precious few times this year. Normally, I'm keeping an eye on them uh, out of the corner of my eye or watching in a situation where I can't focus 100%. We'll just say that. So I'm watching this one at home.
1: Hmm. I don't buy it, Mike. Anyway, <laughs> uh, how about Pitt at Notre Dame? 230 NBC
0: do you think there's any chance now Pitt what a (laughs) win over Syracuse on Saturday and I'll tell you why we watched a lot of this game because they have this ridiculous local Jefferson pilot Raycom package for ACC games that they play on the CBS network right uh, affiliate here in, in Baltimore and so routinely when when there's a big SEC 330 game be it at the bar or anywhere People t- turn in to watch, like, a Georgia LSU or Bama and Auburn or something, and what you get is Pitt-Syracuse. And it, the groan is so funny when people see that there's 12 minutes left in the game, <laughs> which means that you're going to miss a quarter and a half. That there was It was the third quarter at 3.30. I still haven't determined whether there was a delay in that game or something. Uh, so we watched a good amount of the fourth quarter. Pitt, first of all spectacular throwback uniforms great right? right great the blue the blue jerseys and the script pit helmets syracuse with a predictable letdown after going to play playing their hearts out in uh in clemson and death valley it looked like a beautiful day there in Pitt. Pitt was playing outstanding it, it was a close game they were about Four thousand people in Heinz Field. Right, it's terrible. Right. If if Pitt does not move out of Heinz Field, their program is doomed. But Uh, that's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. That being said, do you give them a chance uh, in South Bend?
1: Yes, this would be a a classic Pitt game to win. It would. It would.
0: They beat. I mean, they beat Syracuse. What was that? Two years ago, they beat uh, Miami last year. This would be a classic Pitt upset. They beat. Wait, Clemson.
1: You said Clemson or no? They beat Clemson, Clemson. right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they beat
0: Clemson two years ago. In so, Death I mean, Valley. The
1: thing is, and that's with Pitt. It drives me crazy. It's like they they recruit. There's good athletes in Pittsburgh. They get good athletes, but the whole program does not coalesce around something that's better yeah. than it should be. It's just like and
0: they're they're, they're three and three. Of course, they're always five hundred. <laughs> Anytime <laughs> you look at their record, Notre Dame favored by twenty one. Hmm. Uh, Georgia at LSU. Now our friend Brian, of course, will be. He's
1: probably already nervous about this game, right?
0: Yes. Yes. Now, this is a classic situation. I don't know who's playing in the ACC, but you'll only probably be able to get three quarters of this in Baltimore. (laughs) Uh, Georgia, seven and a half point favorite. LSU didn't look great on offense uh, against Florida, but that's because Florida has a good defense. Now, this one is in the other Death Valley, of course. It's 330 and not a night game. Maybe a little break for Georgia. I don't think that it's that big a deal, though. Uh, a lot of drops by the LSU wide receivers against Florida. Burrow I think is an upgrade at quarterback for LSU compared to what they've no had doubt. there no the past like 3 4 years. Uh so LSU could could uh could hang uh could hang tough in this game I think, but I think Georgia just has too much talent and will emerge victorious.
1: How about this Mike? A huge game in the Pac 12 and actually on a normal time. Washington yeah. at Oregon 3:30 ABC Nation. Watch this game. Watch this yeah, game. This-
0: very the Pac-12 should do this far more often right uh 330 kicks on the Pac-12 uh Oregon getting three and a half Autzen Stadium is going to be rocking that that'll be a fun game I'll have to attempt to watch a little of that somehow
1: Sparty at Penn State 330 Mike BTN I'm guessing somewhere around there um again I'm nervous as a fan but what are your thoughts
0: Well, I mean, what are your thoughts? I think we we can defer to you on on Penn State. By the way, the Knits, 13.5-point favorites.
1: I I think Knits are better, but, like, Sparty's been so crappy, they might just, like, decide to play this week, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, I can can understand that. You would probably want them coming off a win against Northwestern if you had your druthers, but I do think it helps that Penn State's coming off the bye big time, especially after trying to rebound from that loss to Ohio State.
1: Hamler is healthy, by the way, so he'll play, which is good for Penn State. Wisconsin at Michigan we mentioned before that is this is one of the other advances and the other one is like all right good luck in the Citrus Bowl right that's yeah,
0: right. <laughs> see it. see you in 2019 uh, that, that's, the, that's what the loser is going to say Michigan seven and a half point favorite seems a little seems a little big to me seems a little tall seems like a little bit of a big line there
1: Colorado at USC 10th or so it's, Colorado's ranked top 10 USC's unranked I'm sorry give me USC all day and yeah, based, well. in, based entirely on this, Colorado is a team who is and 5-0, right? Yep. And But I don't think they fully realize how good they are and also the confidence, like we say all the time, it's a confidence game and they don't have that yet. And I can't see them A, winning there or B, covering there.
0: Well that neither can anyone in Vegas because Colorado is undefeated and ranked in the top 10 USC is three and two and not in the top 25 and the Trojans are seven point favorites right give right. me USC as well exactly Mike our picks last week were what mine was disgraceful once again LSU <laughs> zero and six Tim O and six I'll just give that a moment how long do we go before we just discontinue this segment by the way
1: I think people enjoy you failing.
0: That they do, they do. There's schadenfreude. People do enjoy enjoy yeah. others failing. You went with the buffs, your beloved buffs, and you're you're two and four. <laughs> That's great, right, Mike? Yeah. Well, you're <laughs> only two games away from 500. I've got to win six in a row to get to 500. There's All not right. even enough weeks left in the season.
1: Right, Bobby hit the bumper. Plays bets on college football.
0: Gambling is illegal at Bushwood, sir. I'm shocked, shocked to find that gambling is going on in here. You're winning, Oh, thank you very much. What do you mean you don't bet? I mean, I don't bet. You know, I don't Pursuit. care. I, don't, I never Pursuit. have, Pursuit. and I never will. Yeah, right. Mike Hunger 50-50 possible lock, probable loser of the week. Please hang up and try again. Tim, for this week's quote-unquote lock of the week, we're going to Austin, Texas, home of the top 10 Texas Longhorns. They're coming home after probably their most emotional win in years and years and years I would say um uh, they their, their the win over Oklahoma in come the Baylor Bears a team who's not very good but a team who can score a ton of points and Texas despite winning against Oklahoma does not have in any way shape or form a good defense in my opinion Texas 14 and a half point favorites Baylor though 4-1 and one against the spread in their last five meetings in Austin. The road team also very good in this series against the spread 7-3 and three in the last 10. Seems like the same kind of position Texas was in when they went to Manhattan, Kansas uh, and did not cover against Kansas State. I'm taking Baylor plus the 14.5 to cover the spread this week. Level of confidence, Mike. It's a 1. I mean, when you're 0-6, <laughs> to say anything over the 1 is an insult to anyone who's still listening at this point.
1: I'm thinking Wisconsin to cover whatever the what, plus six and seven, a half,
0: seven and a half. That's a good yeah. bet. I like Wisconsin too, but you're not going with Rutgers. You're, le- you're leaving the 25 and a half on the table. <laughs> I'll leave it somebody else to take that one, Mike. Yeah. Okay. I, I might be, uh, I might take you up on that one. All right,
1: Mike. Well, so what, it's Wednesday, uh, Tuesday, Is it Tuesday, not,
0: not yeah. even we prayed, prayed. I wish it was Wednesday, right?
1: <laughs> um, so folks, Instagram or Instagram, find us there. The old college try, Uh, Send us your photos of your tailgates or, again, your uh, watching TV or your deck or whatever you want to send us. It's all fun to see. Um, Mike, when's your next trip?
0: Uh, It's to Clemson week after this weekend. Yeah, I'll be leaving a week from Thursday. I'll be on a plane to Atlanta, and I'll be at uh, the Lake Cabin on Friday and at the Clemson-NC State game on Saturday, week from Saturday.
1: So you will enjoy your, again, this weekend just to, like, relax, right? Exactly.
0: Exactly. You
1: deserve it, Mike.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's been a it's been a hard <laughs> week, and it's only Tuesday. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. One thing to say, folks.
0: Pajas. Pajas. Thank you for listening to the TCFA podcast. For more college football news and wit, visit IntelligentCollegeFootball.com.